Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. We are talking about a very fun win tonight for the Cubs. Cubs win 7-3 to three in this one, but for starters, I am Ron Luce, and joined tonight by the juice man himself and Mr. Joe Maris making his second appearance on the podcast. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Well, it's nice, uh, you know, second time around, second win I get to talk about, so. That's true. Nice. I was going to say, you've been lucky. You got two wins under your belt. Good for you. Right. We might have to have you on every episode then, if that means yeah. the Cubs are just yeah. going to win text every game. Yeah, so. text me in the fifth inning. <laughs> hey, buddy, we need you. <laughs> we need you, buddy. We need you. <laughs> Juice, how you doing, bud? Good. Yeah, not only uh, Joe extended his streak, uh, Cody and Cassidy, you know, good for mm-hmm. them going to the game tonight, and they're undefeated this year, so uh, – I think uh, that Venmo needs to grow a little bit more, and Cody just needs two tickets now to go um, to every game. Um, but, yeah, no, good. Like we said yesterday, it's good when the Cubs win boring. They are probably one of the lowest teams in terms of the MLB and number of boring wins. Um, so nice when we uh, can talk about some good things and not some uh, nail-biting uh games and some uh some runaway stuff but uh, a lot of good things to talk we could probably do it like a two-hour episode on this one to be oh, honest with easy. the returns and uh with just everything that happened throughout the game and uh yeah just good to see at the end of the night you know great ovation for both uh kyle and for john and it went the way we wanted to right they won the game that's all you can ask for Absolutely. Juice, you and I talked about it on yesterday's show about like, hey, we want we want John and Kyle to have that nice feeling. You actually talked about a Kyle Schwarber homer. You talked about John doing well enough. And get, Juice, you kind of called tonight's game, yeah, man. Yeah, a lot of what happened tonight. Uh, so I did say Javi Baez would go deep on John Lester, and he did. And wow. I say that Kyle Schwarber would probably hit a home run. And uh, I didn't – John didn't get – chased early like I thought he would I thought that that would be kind of the trend with how these hitters knew him and he wouldn't last very long but he's John Lester and he's a gamer and he's able to you know fight through only five and two-thirds five and a third whatever yeah and uh yeah good for him to you know have a nice homecoming and uh I'll be excited to watch tomorrow's game as well to see his tribute video because I I really enjoyed Schwarber's so yeah, kind of did. I, I don't usually get them right like this, but when we when we do, we reserve the right to have the floor and toot our own horn. So hell yeah, you do. I'll, uh, I'll I'll take a smile and an extra scoop of ice cream for uh, for my <laughs> Cubs on Tap calls yesterday. I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah, you you nailed that. It's it's pretty crazy how you, you you hit that on the head. But gentlemen, I mean, let's uh, let's let's dive into this thing, shall we? I think for starters, you juice you mentioned it. Uh, a great night. Uh, celebrating Kyle Schwarber tonight. I, I kind of agree with what they did. I think it was kind of the right move not to do John's tonight when he's got a pitch. Um, it it would have been cool in game one to have both of them at the same time. But nonetheless, we'll get to see John Lester's tomorrow. So it's the homecoming for these two guys. And the Cubs did exactly what we wanted them to do. Uh, they jump out to an early start on Lester. Um, the Nationals kept it interesting. As we mentioned, the two-run shot from Schwarber. Trey Turner hit an absolute bomb. Um, you know, and then, and then things started to get interesting and this is kind of where I want to open the floor to the, to the Cubs on tap crew, because, uh, you know, we start creeping into those middle innings and while Adbert Alzale is dealing probably the only negative controversial thing that happened tonight, besides maybe that ump strike zone, but we'll get right. to that later. Um, Alzale gets pulled after five, Joe, I know you were sounding off on Twitter, man. So I want to give you the floor first. Uh, cause again, you, you even said it yourself, 63 pitches. Right. And he gets pulled. 
So talk me through that, man. What's up? So like I like we were mentioning right before we uh, we went live, it's like I you know I look down for a second, all of a sudden I see David Bodie, you know, stepping in the box, and I'm like thinking, I'm like, Bodie's not in the lineup. What's going on here? Because you know, yeah, he gave up two home runs, and it's you know it's been an issue plaguing his you know his nice starts. Absolutely. But the way that the Cubs offense was hitting, I mean, they were putting together good at bats. He was Alzali was pitching pretty well, and but this is continues to be exactly what. Ross has been doing is pulling him early before even getting a chance to either see the lineup three times, which I get, you know, the more and more analytics driven we get, the less you see of pitchers going three times through the lineup, but he hasn't even really gotten a chance. Yes, he's young, but, you know, you see that relationship between him and Arietta. but, you know, what is Ari going to tell him? Hey, what, what is, what else does, what does Alzheimer have to do to be able to get, you know, three times through the order? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a little, it's a little disheartening because you want to give him the shots, either work out of his own jams or, you know, learn from some, from uh, some mistakes. Yeah. So it's, it's not fun to see. I was obviously really angry. Uh, I'm glad that that was the only thing I was angry about today. Bullpen came in, did a nice job, but they're just not equipped to be able to handle four, even five innings a game. I mean, Mm-hmm. Our starters are averaging less than five innings a game, so we're you know we're we're going half starters, half bullpen. You know our bullpen's been okay. They got a three forty nine ERA, which is, you know, if, we, if you said that before the season started, you know we'd all sign up for that. But it's just not, it's not going to, it can't continue like this. They're not built for that. Yeah, well said. I, I agree with you there, man. And uh, a, a comment here I want to share really quick. You know, uh, Scott from our buddy Scott from Iowa. His nine-year-old pitches 75 pitches before he gets pulled, and he hits it with a hashtag just saying. But it's a good point. I mean, you know, we we talked about it at length, I feel like, here at Cubs on Tap. It's, you know, at some point, these starters need to be able, first off, which for a while we were concerned about, but then just given the ability to go at least six. Like, if you can at least get six out of these guys, then maybe you're only using three guys the whole night to get through seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. But tonight, you know, Tapera thankfully is able to go uh, an inning and a third. Brothers gets the two thirds done, and then you got Chafin, and then you got Tommy Nance, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, uh, being able to get you through the game. But I, I agree with Joe. Eventually, this bullpen's going to burn out. It's not the sixty-game sprint that last season was. You got one hundred and sixty-two this year, and this was only game forty. So there's a lot of baseball still to be played, and if this bullpen gets burned out, it's not going to do them well. Juice, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, I agree a lot with what you said, Joe. I think the hard part is, is is who's making this decision? Is it David Ross? Is it Edward Elzele saying, hey, let's let's save my arm for the future? Is it the front office, you know, who's kind of in David's ear, like, hey, let's protect this guy? And I think the second question is, is like, when is it okay? You know, when when does he cross that threshold where he can go deeper into games? The only he's only went into the sixth inning at one time this year, and that was against the Atlanta Braves. And since then, you know, you could make the argument he's been the second best pitcher on the staff, mm-hmm. you know, for in a recent, you know, recent run here. And he has the stuff out of anybody on that pitching staff. He has the power stuff to get away with missing the spot or to, you know, not have his best location because he has that 94 mile an hour fastball to Samer. He has the curveball, the slider, the changeup. He has so much in his arsenal where he's able to you know, get out of jams and you almost start to think like, when is it going to be okay? 
you know, what what's the moment where David Ross in the in the front office or whoever's making these decisions to say, hey, you know, it's time we give this guy a shot to, you know, see what pitching deep into ball games is like. Because the last thing we need is a guy who, you know, is brought up for his first year and he is kind of built to only pitch five and he's not exposed to that end of the game, you know, last couple batters fight through it, you know, maybe on the spot, you know, moving things around, being uncomfortable, not, not going with the, you know, same pitch sequences that you normally would. And, you know, you're the first innings because, you know, that's when you have to get creative those third times through the order, you know, that fourth time through the order, if, if you get there. And that's the time where, you know, I, I really wish for his development that they would just rip the bandaid off too. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and this isn't a year where it's, you should be careful with him in my opinion. You know, the Cubs, this Cubs team, as we've talked about on this, it wouldn't surprise me if they make the playoffs, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they didn't, considering that this is not a year where they went into 2021 saying, yes, we are 100% going for it. World Series or bust is our expectations. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of a moving around here in terms of let's see who works. Let's see, you know, what we have for the future pieces we can build on. But it, this is the only scenario I see in Edward Elsley that doesn't fit the mold of what Jed Hoyer said in the beginning of we need to build for the future and the way they're handling him. I really wish today and today was the day to do it too. That, that mm-hmm. Washington nationals lineup. I mean, minus a few guys is nothing to be that scared about. I know Turner's on a roll and obviously Soto and, and obviously Kyle Schwarber got the best of, but after that, there ain't too much left in that lineup that really worries you. So why not? You know, and at worst, if you if you let him start the inning and he doesn't come through, have somebody ready. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that difficult to get somebody up in the pen and get them ready to go. It's just I, I'm really curious on whose decision this is because I'm sure it's not Advert. He's a competitor. He wants to be out there. But it screams a lot of me for a lot to management. If If I were making a guess, it's probably Jed Hoyer and the crew saying, hey, this is a guy who's going to be a staple. Let's protect that arm. But to me, it doesn't really make too much sense. So to yeah. play de- uh, devil's advocate here for to defend the, the decision a little bit, maybe part of the reason the bullpen has been decent so far is they've been able to have to start with clean innings, right? So it yeah. and just like it, it's continued to work out. You know, you give the bullpen, whoever it is, a clean inning, no, in, no inherited base runners, and they've been able to, you know, uh, provide provide us with you know us quality innings, so mm-hmm. that would be the only argument I could see. But at the same time, I mean, it's just we don't have we're not like the Yankees where it's you know get to the seventh inning. You know, we're not like that. Right. And in order to be successful, it's going to have to be just like how we saw Tommy Nance today. We're going to have to have you know rotating doors of guys coming up and be able to get quality outs, and it's. I just, I just don't see it. I mean, so going through, Elzelay is averaging 79 pitches a start. I think he's made six starts. That's that's almost nothing, man. I mean, the bullpen's throwing more pitches than he is in a game. Yeah. And even yeah. we've only had two guys throw over 100 pitches in a game. Yeah. I know the game's <laughs> different, but, man, that's crazy. It is crazy. And you add to that, too, right? Like, one of those 100-pitch games literally just came – in Detroit, like it literally, it was just yesterday. Like, so I mean, that is that is crazy to think about. And, and I, I mean, 
I, I like what you brought up, up about, you know, the, the idea of, you know, clean innings. I also think too, and this is just a thought more so than anything else, but like I could see bringing in David Bodie in that situation if you're losing. Okay. But you weren't losing. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. Again, you, you have to make that decision as the manager, right? You have to say, is a possible run here more valuable or letting my you know pitcher who's just crushing it and absolutely striking everybody out do it. And uh, actually, Baseball Bouge brought up a good point here in, in the comments for us. He says, the broadcast mentioned Advert wouldn't face three lefties to start the sixth. So, you know, there there is a lot of consideration there. And I, I agree with both of you. I really do think it's something from up top because, you know, he really hasn't done much. And I, I've looked it up, and, and Joe, it was seven starts. Tonight was his seven starts. So okay. you're right. Coming into tonight, it was six. But, I mean, five, five and a third, four and two-thirds, six, five, six, five. And it's very consistently five. It's not a, oh, let's see how he's doing. And, oh, he can only manage to get through five. No, 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 no. That's not at all the case here. The case is he is just every single time you're cut off at the fifth inning. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like you make the joke when you go to your local bar and the bartender knows you so well they know to cut you off after your, your sixth or seventh drink. That's what it feels like with Adbert right now. And it's it's unfortunate because you, you saw it tonight. I think they even panned over to him in the dugout at one point. He looked pissed off. Mm-hmm. And I would be too. Right. You're dealing, you mentioned 63 pitches. That's nothing. That was what that was the same pace that like Kyle Hendricks was on in Detroit, who ended up going eight plus. Mm-hmm. So it's like when when do you you, you kind of take the training wheels off yeah, right? a guy like yeah. Adbert? And if that's the approach, at least just be transparent about it. You know, yeah. I and I don't know if they've come out and said, "Hey, we're going to be real careful with this guy" because you know he projects to the future. But I, I haven't heard a statement like that. You know, it, it, they're just a, eventually letting us as fans figure it out that there is some type of restrictions that he has. But I, it like I said, it, it's just time to figure out if he can do it or not. Too, we're not going to know if this uh, this guy's a top of the end starter until he can get to the sixth, the seventh. You know, that's that's when we're going to really find out. You know, it, if he can battle through it, you know, we've, we've seen him go five and look really, really solid. And I love the lefty comment that was brought up by baseball Bouge. I know that the splits are terrible for him and that's something that he needs to work on. They're talking about it on the broadcast as well, that you know, he needs to work on, you know, fine tuning that change up because that's going to be something that in the future he could really work against left-handed hitters. But the, the thing is too, is to me, the best way for him to work on that is to get in that situation. And I know they're trying to win ball games, and I know that hey, it worked out for Ross tonight. But mm-hmm. in the future, we need to figure out if this guy is going to be, you know, part of the top echelon of the lineup or the rotation. I think he's gonna, but I want to see him do it. You know, I want to see him do it this year because, like I said, it's a figure it out year. There's a lot of things that they need to figure out in terms of you know the top of the rotation, who's staying and going, and if you're not going to win a World Series, you got to get closer by knowing what you have on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys nailed it on the head. It, it's an interesting, an interesting situation that's really going to need to be kind of kept an eye on, I think, and just to to really get a feel of you know what is going on because it, he to me feels like a pitcher that the more confident he is, the better he pitches. So it's like you know, and I think we kind of saw that with the Cleveland game, right? Matt Duffy like kind of talked him down. Like I think these guys know that he's young and he's going to be frustrated. But, like, you got to let him still experience that because that's the only way he's going to grow. It's a double-edged sword, right? Like, you want him to be sheltered, I guess, a little bit. 
and you know see where that goes but at the same time you know you, you want them to be able to develop so it uh it was an interesting decision at the time but thankfully it worked out i mean it certainly doesn't hurt uh javi going oppo um you know essentially right after advert was pulled so that kind of took uh took a little bit of the the pain away uh from him being pulled that also ended john lester's night uh and then the seventh inning an excellent job by nico horner first off um did a great job getting on base first off with a single and then advances the second on a wild pitch. The throw goes into center field. He gets the third with one – ultimately becomes one out because of Ian Happ. And then Sogard comes in in the pinch hitting situation. Absolutely perfect dub. Um, I believe, as our buddy Cody would like to say, that manufactured runs really do make your arm hair stand up. And that, that was kind of one of those runs. So uh, that was really nice. And then Jason Hayward's single – um, later in the game, drove in Anthony Rizzo from second after he doubled the lead off the eighth, and that was all the Cubs needed. So seven to three was the final score. And uh, Cody on tap, fellas, the baseball <laughs> gods answered the call tonight. They sure did. Again, happy birthday, Cody. Um, for those that are watching that follow along, uh, it is Cody Del Mendo's birthday today. He and his his uh, lovely girlfriend were at the park today celebrating, and. Um, they're just continuing to keep that run going, as Juice mentioned at the top of the show. So, uh, happy birthday, buddy! You got a really nice game uh, for your birthday today. But, I mean, guys, this is this was a good game. I mean, again, you know, we talked about it. You know, the John Lester and, and Schwarber are back. The Cubs come out and explode offensively. It just it felt like a lot of things went right in this game. Um, and I think a perfect way for us to kind of round up this game and how it went was Tommy Nance getting to come in in the ninth. The Jason Hayward insurance run really pushes it out of reach. The Nico Horner incredible play. Let's not forget about that. You know, gold glove play in, at second base, you know, damn near short right at that point where he gets that ball to get out of a bases loaded jam in the top of the eighth. I mean, or yeah, top of the eighth. I'm, right, I'm, I'm losing that's track of this game. There was a lot of things that happened in this game tonight. Right. I actually saw I saw uh, Danny Rocket tweet that tonight on Twitter. He was like, "It's a lot of a lot of action for a Monday night game." I'm like, "Yeah, it really is." Um, but obviously, you know, Tommy Nance, man, getting to come in independently, guy. Our boy Max Bain getting a big shout out. Uh, we'll have to send this clip to Max, but I know Juice just ordered his. I just got mine recently. Cody's got one as well. Um, these are Max's t-shirts. Uh, they're pretty awesome. They're really comfortable too. So highly recommend, recommend everybody to check that out, but cool to see Max Bain get a shout out tonight. Cool to see Tommy Nance come in and have a hell of a major league debut in what really was guys, just an incredible game all around from the, the storylines to the performance on the field. Right. I mean, is there a really a better way to make your major league debut with, than getting the last three outs of a game? I mean, crowds on their feet. Mm-hmm. Gets a, you know, hug the catcher after the game, gets his first strikeout. That was awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Juice, I mean. Yeah, Jim Nance, Larry Nance, don't care. Tommy Lance. <laughs> Tommy Nance. I'm, I'm all for him, man. Yeah, that, that, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, four or five years ago, you talk about how the Cubs kind of lacked the amount of arms back there that were, you know, viable for the future. And now – you know, it seems like anybody that they bring up, we're like, oh man, that guy's got great stuff. You know, it's 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 a real testament to this organization, how they're scouting pitching and using pitch lab. And I think it's just a great uh kind of shift in the last couple of years that they've done, they've been able to do. Um, but yeah, you know, great for like like you said, Joe, get to hug the catcher, get to, you know, your go cubs go as you walk off the field, you feel a part of it. 
you know, and what a, like, so what a great moment, you know, it's, it's one of those that I feel bad. You know, we're, I'm glad we're talking about it because that's a game where, you know, you make your major, major league debut at 30, but you end up making it in the game where it's a homecoming for two guys who won the world series with the team that you're playing for. It's, it's a moment that probably will be forgotten, but it's one of those that like, I'm glad that we're taking the time to, to mention it because I mean, his story in general, just to get there, you know, a man who didn't give up on his dream either. You know, mm-hmm. it's, that's a great story. It's something for, you know, people to watch and, you know, to uh, kind of strive for. And uh, yeah, I think it was pretty cool to, uh, to watch him uh, come close the game out and, you know, props to Jason Hayward for the insurance run in the uh, bottom of the eighth. I know JD talked about it on the, on the broadcast, you know, cause that's, that's Kimbrell coming in for, mm-hmm. you know, the next inning if that doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah, really nice, nice win. Um, but yeah, Larry Nance, Jim Nance. Nah. Right. Nance. Not, not even to just like a nice debut. I mean, the guy's pumping the easiest 97, 98 you, you've ever seen. I mean, yep. Like I said, he was six, six. I mean, it, he, the stuff that the velocity is there, that Cubs, they're getting there with uh, having velocity out of the bullpen, but they're still, I mean, they're the only, like, what, the only team that doesn't have a triple-digit pitch yet. So, yeah, sounds like him or what's going to change that. So, yeah. yeah, that's cool to see as well. Yeah, that was really cool to see. And, uh, again, just an all-around feel-good night for this game. So, again, we joked about it before we jumped on the show. Uh, boring games where, like, this one was very event-filled, a lot to talk about. But mm-hmm. – if you're sitting there and your anxiety is low, or as Cody says, you're not getting heartburn, um, that's a good night. That's a very good night. We like less stressful games here at Cubs on Tap because that usually means the Cubs are winning. So right. we could probably take Nico Horner for that uh, play that saved two runs. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That ball gets through, and it's not so much of a. It, it's more than a boring game for sure. Absolutely, it's all of a sudden it's a no shit game. Yeah. <laughs> We're all stressing yeah. out there in that eighth, you know, bottom of the eighth and that top of the ninth. And so uh, nice to see them get the job done. Huge win today. They'll be back at it again tomorrow, and that's where we're going to start to kind of transition our talk here. I, I do want to bring up this one comment, though, because I'm intrigued just to get your guys' quick thoughts maybe as a bit of a, a roundup of today's game because now the Cubs are back at 500. They're 20-20 and 20 officially after today's game. So I don't want to say they're in it, but they're certainly not out of it, as Juice and I touched on uh, very briefly last night at the end. Um, they're only two and a half out of first place after tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And they're only a half a game back still of the Milwaukee Brewers. So they're very much in it. And so that's where I want to bring up this comment uh, from our buddy Scott from Iowa. Are the Cubs waiting to see if they need to push all in this year within two at the break? I do it is what he says. So um, I guess that's a good question. And maybe that pertained to the Adbert Elzelay discussion we had a little bit too. Is like, hey, they're trying to reserve him a little bit because they're like are we going for it and we could we really want to be cautious versus just letting him learn or 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 let's you know go get this thing um so i want to hear your guys's thoughts what what is it going to take for you guys to say at what point and how many games out or they have to be in first or whatever for this cubs team to really say hey we're committed to going for it this year in 2021 at least enough to make the playoffs not saying you know go spend your entire farm system to go load up, but at least get maybe one or two guys to fill a couple of, you know, kind of weaknesses uh, for the long run going through the season. Uh, Joe, I'll let you go ahead and start. Man. So I think it's really going to depend on how we look against when we play the Cardinals or even the Brewers when, when uh, things get down to it. I know we still have yet to play the Cardinals, 
we played the Brewers. You know, we're. I think they have the edge on us by a little bit, but it's not it's not by a huge margin. Uh, so I think it really is going to depend on how we play against the Cardinals and what kind of, what the schedule looks like down the road. Is like, hey, we really need you know a left-handed bat to, to really get us over the hump against the Cardinals. Unfortunately, as much as we all would like to see it, I don't. It's going to be like a Tony Kemp kind of move, you know. Th- that's the move I see. I, I don't. They're not going to mortgage their future by any means. It's unfortunate. We're just, and like you said with Elzelite too. I mean, to even see if we even have a chance, they're going to have to see what he can do past the fifth inning as well. So, there's definitely some things that we need to see before they're ready to trade anybody. So. Yeah, I, I don't see them mortgaging their future for if they're even a few games back, but who knows? I mean, we'll see when we get there, I guess. Yeah, well said, Juice. Yeah, I think uh, this is a situation where maybe the Cubs kind of talk like out of both sides of their mouths. Maybe they, you know, think about going out and trading for an asset that they can sign long term. I know mm-hmm. me and you talked about this, Ron. Uh, last night, just an idea mm-hmm. of you know going out and getting a starter that is young, maybe who could project towards the top of the rotation for the future. If they think that they can sign him, since a lot of money's coming off, but it also wouldn't surprise me if in that same, you know, trade or a separate trade is made where they ship off guys that you know have some value now to stock the farm, all while you know kind of getting rid of maybe the guys in the farm system that they don't believe in as much you know, by getting a, an asset that maybe they can stick, you know, within the club for a while. But I think, uh, Joe, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's really hard now to project where they're going to be. I mean, if they're in first place and they're winning ball games handily, you know, at the trade deadline, I mean, you'd be stupid not to give this Cubs team, you know, I think they deserve it, the ones that won the World Series, at least another run. But mm-hmm. I think in terms of, like, the panel here, I think that would be really surprising to us if they were – you know, leading the division by, you know, a, a substantial amount by there. So I think it's, I think what the sad part is and the hard thing that Jed's going to have to kind of play through is I don't think that this division is going to warrant anybody to run away with it. So I think that they're going to be in it at the trade deadline. And now it's going to be the matter of uh, what's out there. What, what can I do to improve the ball club short term and long term? And I think that's the hardest part for a GM is to go out there and, and not – it's easy to be the team that, you know, like right now the White Sox are playing so well. It's easy for them to be that team with the, you know, the um, the pros- some prospects to trade and an idea that they're going for it because, you know, that the division is is so weak. It's easy to be that GM to go out there and say, hey, what do you want for this guy? Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to be that 500 team that's, you know, hovering around trying to figure out – it's easy to be a loser too. It's, hard, it's easy to be with the team that's, you know, just mortgaging for the future – but I, I think it's hard to be that that middling team. And the way we've watched, you know, the first 40 games here, I think that's a lot of what we've seen out of the Cubs so far. You know, they're they're really, really solid one night, and then they're really, really brutal the next. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the next 20 games decide a lot of that. And uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, at game 60 when where they're at because I think that we'll have a better picture of what they'll be doing. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It, it'll be interesting. I, I kind of am gonna. I, I, I'm again. It's kind of a, not a group think, but in this case, I think we are all on the same page. It is a bit of a group think because um, I think they still add something at the deadline, but I don't think they're gonna go crazy, right? Like, I don't foresee that. Like, I would see at most 
think back to like the Castellanos move because you just gave up two prospects that weren't really going anywhere in your in your system that had some talent. So it was like, okay, you didn't give up that much, but it was also for a rental. And and like Juice, you and I talked about, unless I think unless they have a guy that sets them up for a few years, they're not going to want to move anything substantial. So it's like you probably get. I think a Tony Kemp was a perfect example. You know, you probably get. Uh, you know, one of those kind of middle of the pack bullpen arms that they could add. I think kind of what people thought of Chafin when he was added next year, because he was still kind of figuring it out. He's really taken a big step forward to me. If you just look at his career, at least maybe because he's playing at a bigger market now too, but you know, it, it kind of just that like, Oh, okay. That's a nice move. Like they didn't give up much. It helps. Cool. Let's, let's keep rolling with that. Cause I really do think they're like, Hey, this is the team that gets a chance unless they're egregiously out of it. And then that's where I could see the, like the sell off that we all dread and hope doesn't happen. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Maybe they add a piece or two, but I don't think they go to gangbusters on that one. So uh, that'll certainly be something interesting to see, but gentlemen, I will quickly, quickly, quickly turn it back over to you guys for any final thoughts on this one, or are we ready to talk about Tuesday's game? That was just a you know, nice win. Hopefully we uh, can uh, at least lock up a series split ahead of facing Scherzer tomorrow. So, Yeah, good point. Juice? Yeah, props to Chris Bryant for leaving Kyle Schwarber some candy out there. Obviously it worked. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully a lot of that stuff happens this weekend. I thought that was kind of a under the radar. See so much in tonight's game. Um, that was a really under the radar kind of thing that happened that not a lot of people are really talking about. So no, props to KB. A very classic Schwarber home run tool, Taylor to left center. Yep. Very yep. classic. Well, don't throw that man a low fastball ever. <laughs> that's, that's just you're, asking, you're asking for, for trouble. trouble. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a loaded game. Like you guys said, we probably could sit here and talk for two hours about tonight's game. There was just so much happening. Uh, but it was a fun win. It was nice to see uh, Schwarber and John back at the ballpark. Cool to see Schwarber's tribute video. Um, so now – We'll get to see Lester's tomorrow. Um, that's where we are going to turn our focus is to tomorrow's game because the Cubs and Nationals are back at it yet again. Uh, it's 6.40 Central Daylight Time here in Chicago. The game is at beautiful Wrigley Field once again. And the Nationals are trotting out left-handed pitcher Patrick Corbin. Uh, Corbin, a good pitcher overall, just not having a good season. He's 2-3 and three right now with a 6.19 ERA and 29 Ks at this point. And the Cubs are trotting out Davies, who again in – Back-to-back -back outings now has looked really, really solid. Hopefully he can make it back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back. Uh, he is 2-2 two and two on the season, 560 ERA and 22 Ks. Um, he gave up – or he went um, five and a third in that game on Cle in Cleveland on Wednesday, um, giving up just the one run um, on five hits. So he was really good. Hopefully he continues that. Uh, once again, too, if you're trying to listen or watch this game, if you're in the Washington, D.C. market – 106.7 The Fan and um, Juice, what did we say it was? Maryland Area Sports Network, M-A-S-N. Yeah, uh, if, like if that's in fact the name of it, if, I, I really want somebody to tell me what it is because I'm legitimately intrigued and just too lazy to look it up myself. But <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> but if you're in the Chicago market, WRTO 1200, 670 The Score and Marquee Sports Network are your usual suspects there. So gentlemen, I would love to know your thoughts on this game. A little bit of a preview. Obviously, a fly the W pick. We all know Cody's for tomorrow, as it is Andrew Chafin, as it is always. Um, but we don't know any of ours yet, so I'd love to hear from you guys. And, Joe, I'll let you go ahead and open it up. What are you feeling tomorrow, and who's your guy for tomorrow? 
So last time I was on, I went with Jock Peterson ahead of a, I think he had two hits the day after. I was a little surprised to not see him in the lineup today. So I'm assuming he'll be back in the lineup against the lefty tomorrow. But I'm going to go with Nico Horner. Hmm. I think, you know, he ended up being one for four today. A couple of line outs and just a nice manufactured run. I think he's really going to start putting it, to, putting it together. And we might start seeing him bat in leadoff soon, I think, if he continues to hit like this. So that's my pick, Nico Horner. Very nice. Juice, how are you feeling, man? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Davies. I've, I've been riding that train. I rode it the last time. Um, I'm going to ride him on this one, too. I think uh, he's kind of turned the corner in terms of locating his stuff, so that plays better for him. Um, the lineup, like I said earlier, not too scary, other than a couple a couple hitters. So I'm going to pick him to have a good game tomorrow. Also, if you're going to make me pick a bat, I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras. Had a nice night tonight. Um Another lefty on the mound, as Joe said. So uh, he, he seems to see left-handed pitching pretty well. Um, so let's uh, let's get another dub tomorrow, and hopefully uh, both those guys have uh, have good nights. Yeah, I will uh, ahead of tomorrow's game. I will be doing the rain dance to keep the rain away um, because, unfortunately, in the Chicagoland area, there is about a fifty to seventy percent chance at any given moment, pretty much in the game window. As of now, obviously that can change. I think it was supposed to rain today and it like barely rained, at least where I am in the south suburbs. So um, we'll be interesting to see, obviously, for tomorrow. But I agree with you guys. I think Corbin having struggles this year. There are some guys in this Cubs lineup that have actually had a quite a bit of a, uh, success against him. Um, Chris Bryant's hitting 455 against him and 11 at bats. Hap 429 and seven ABs. Uh, Javi Baez 357 uh, for him. So, like, a lot of these guys are hitting really well against Corbin, and I, I expect them to be able to keep that up tomorrow. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, my fly the W pick. Um, this is tough. I like your Nico Horner pick. I really do. That's a good one. Um, I, I always enjoy a Davies pitching pick from, uh, from Juice, but Willie's a good second option as well. He looked really good tonight. That's a guy that really needs to get going for this Cubs team uh, down the road here. But uh, I'm going to go KB. I'm going to just ride the hot hand. I feel like he's he's – he has his games where like he he'll quietly put together a nice game. Mm-hmm. Like he'll go like two for four or two for five and it's like a couple singles and maybe a run scored and everybody's like, Oh yeah, hey, good day, KB. I'm expecting <laughs> good things out of KB tomorrow. I'm expecting KB to go yard tomorrow, as a matter of fact. So I'm gonna speak that into the world into existence, hopefully, um, as the Cubs will take on the Nationals once again. Well, gentlemen, before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody that is listening or that is watching along with us while we are live. That Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast, the On Tap Sports Network. You can go ahead and check out all of our great literary and podcasting works over at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. You can follow these pod-specific accounts, which is at Cubbies, that's C-U-B-B-I-E-S, on tap, uh, and that's on both Twitter and Instagram. I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter. Joe is at Joe Maris on Twitter, and Juice is at Juice on Tap on Twitter. And finally... Not only do we have great Cubs coverage, but we also have great Chicago sports coverage in general. So go ahead and make your way to www.ontapsportsnet.com or follow us at ontapsportsnet on social media. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. <laughs> Every breath, time, man, buddy. that is a mouthful. Yeah. Deep breath, buddy. <laughs> Deep breath. We'll get, we got there. We got there. Well, gentlemen, this was a fun one to talk about. Uh, we'll keep it short. I know people got to go to work tomorrow. It is a Monday night, but we will be back with you uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday. It will be probably at least one of us that's here on this call and uh, quite possibly the birthday boy today. 
um, recapping tomorrow's. As Juice mentioned, hopefully we're talking about a win and a guaranteed split with this Nationals team. And gentlemen, we'll get out of here the only way we know how to. Go Cubs. Go Cubs.